fuck me, she's gonna wank him off. The jammy gets only gone and pulled an experienced cock handler. Or someone so hugely inexperienced she thinks this is the best way to pull an older boy. Either way, it's a win-win situation. It's not really though, is it? Oh, thanks to me, we're now watching Simon get wanked off. Yes, well we really do have a lot to thank you for. Getting a bit weird now. I don't like it when he makes eye contact. None of us do, Neil. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the British Television Invasion Podcast, Episode 9, Work Experience. My name's Sean, 17, but I just look older. And my name's Nora, and there's looking older, and then there's that. Jesus, that's that's harsh. <laughs> harsh. <laughs> Hang on a second, Sean. You all right, Dad? Uh, do you want to bring him up here so we can talk about the big boxing match? <laughs> yeah, he can tell us all about it. You, uh, you watched it, I understand. I used to be super into boxing, but then as uh, like mixed martial arts took over, I got way more into mixed martial arts. But uh, this is the biggest heavyweight boxing match in years, so I was yeah. like, ah, I'll give it a try. And it didn't disappoint. It was a good match. It I hated the in. ending, but it, it was a good match. It kept getting... Like, I only really knew it was happening because it was being advertised on the banner on our TV. Like, when you turn it on, on Amazon Fire, it was it was on there. I gotta tell you, though, uh, Tyson Fury has a kick-ass name, but he got knocked down in the 12th round. He looked fucking dead. Like, he went straight down on his back, eyes closed. I mean, he could have been a corpse, and he somehow got up in 10 seconds and continued to box on it was pretty incredible oh did you watch it with people yeah i watched it at a bar ah okay uh but anyways yeah so how are you doing how was the did you survive uh storm system diana yes yes the uh it's been our insects been down a tree went over we live quite near some woods sorry excuse me it's all going it's all kicking off in my hallway um <laughs> <laughs> that my dad's just come to drop Christmas tree off and then my parents and all have come around with their dog and I can hear the dog um, which will be fighting with the cat in a minute um, yeah we and then we live near some woods and some trees went over into the road so it's been a bit chaotic here but uh, you've had some storms as well I understand yeah it was uh, snowing when we recorded last week and then it's been thunderstorming and raining the last two days so that's been interesting change of weather yeah it's been pretty miserable here to be honest Weather-wise. Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm. Our two countries both having shit weather. Yeah, yeah. We should just start a weather podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've got you. I've pulled you into my English web of talking about the weather. I know, we could have, like, a Sean and Laura talk weather, <laughs> and all we do is just talk about the weather in our respective uh, areas that we live in. I mean, I'm English, so I have to talk about the weather, but I don't know what your excuse is. No, I mean, it's an American thing, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it's probably just, I, I think it's just one of those universal things where you can't think of anything else to talk about. So you're just like, hmm, let's talk about the weather. It's a good, um, it's a good sort of equalizer, isn't it? Everyone has weather. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you talk to people where, at my job, my job primarily consists of talking to people on the phone all day, every day. And you would not believe how many times a day I get asked, oh, how's the weather in Kansas? How's the weather in Kansas? 
how's the weather in Kansas? And it just, it makes me fucking laugh every single fucking time. Uh, so how did you find this episode? Did you enjoy it? Um, it was okay. It had its, it had its funny parts. Um, you've got the book now as well, so you're reading the same bit I'm reading. Do you want to, do you want to, uh, talk about the intro to episode two or do you want me, I've already read it in advance so I can tell you about it if you like. Oh yeah, go ahead and tell me about it. Um, another episode that came out of our trying to think what are the universal experiences at that age. Greg Davis and Robert Popper again were particularly useful for this story. I think Greg mentioned that when he worked as a teacher, work ex experience placements often got mixed up, but in general they did nothing to rectify them. And Robert told us a story of a friend of his who had been mercilessly bullied during his work experience, culminated in him being thrown into a duck pond, which is not, I think, by anyone's standards, a necessary part of learning about the world of work. Another universal theme that we liked and certainly remembered from our youth was the idea of there being a group of local hard lads and the potential nightmare of thinking that one of them was going to beat you up. I got in quite a few scrapes, mainly of my own making and crushingly embarrassingly to look back on, but Damon once had a full-blown after-school fight. I think it's nothing to be proud of, but I can't imagine the terror of knowing that at the end of the day you had to have a fight with the hard lads. Damon claims that he won, but there's no way of checking. And anyway, violence is never the answer. <laughs> <laughs> when I was uh, when I was a sophomore, I had a full-blown after-school fist fight and got just utterly destroyed. You, you lost that fight, did you? Uh, pretty handedly, yeah. See, as a girl, it's not really something that happened it, i went to a girls school as well so there wasn't much fighting but interestingly enough after this the fight the guy and i totally cool with each other really? that's such a man thing it is it's such a man thing you just like you beat the shit out of each other but then it's like hey we're cool like <laughs> let's proceed on with our lives i've only ever had one fight and i won it sort of by default i broke her nose but completely by accident so she went to hit me, but she was much shorter than me. I'm quite tall. I'm five foot eight and a bit. And Jesus, you're a giant. I'm a giant in woman terms. And she's about she was only about five foot, if that. She was a bit of a midget. And she, little person. She was a little person. Jesus. Sorry, yeah, she, she's not really a little person. She was just a short lady. And she sort of went to. I don't really know what she went to do. I think hit me in the face if she could have reached, but I in defense sort of put my hands up to protect myself and I sort of the back of my hand sort of clipped her nose and like broke it but I didn't mean to it was just it was pure self-defense so I did win the only fight I've ever been on but completely by mistake dang maybe you should start a maybe you have a future as like an MMA fighter yeah maybe I all I know is I was horrified and there was a lot of blood and I just kept apologizing in a very English way and <laughs> And I hadn't even, I hadn't even started it. She tried to, she tried to hit me. Yeah, well, you, you know, you didn't start it, but you f fucking finished it. <laughs> I finished it, yeah. I finished it, and then I fled the scene. Oh, that's very English. It was outside of Tesco as well. It was very classy, very classy fight outside of Tesco. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and I broke her nose and I fled the scene. I ran away, covered in her blood. Oh, Jesus. my God, that's, yeah, but, but that, that is was, so yeah, fucking funny. <laughs> that's the only fight I've ever been in and it was sort of by mistake so I don't have any experience of like fearing a hard group like there were hard girls at my school but they weren't fighting the likes of me so after that were people like terrified of you like were you like known as like Laura the nosebreaker or was it just she said she it, it was over a guy because of course it was <laughs> and she said that she was going to 
report me to the police and I was like well for what I haven't done anything and it sort of became a running joke no no one feared me but it's it's I mean this was years ago this was about 15 years ago and it's it's followed me around people still bring it up so can I dig into this a little bit like so who was the one that was like okay we're gonna fight she so I saw her with the fella that was the cause of the fight and they were together and I wasn't with him and I was saw them outside Tesco's and I apparently gave her a dirty look it was one of those and he was all like what are you looking at and I was like I'm looking at you and then he said something along the lines of like oh I don't know I can't even remember what started the altercation but she started getting leery she was really leery like you know like little dogs are really yappy <laughs> she was like that she was little and she was mouthy and she started yapping off in my face and i said you want to keep your bitch in line more or less to him and that was oh when my she, she went God. she she went for my face and that was how i ended up accidentally breaking her nose so you went with the you need to keep your bitch in line line <laughs> I don't think that's exactly what I said, but yeah, something along those lines. Dude, Laura, I am looking at you in a completely different light now. You're a hard-ass bitch, you know that? <laughs> yeah, it was it was pure like Jeremy Cole. It was it was it was skanky. It was my skankiest skankiest thing that's ever happened to me, and and people were watching as well outside Tesco as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible! I wish I could say my fight was as dramatic, but. Uh... Basically, this guy, we were walking through the hallway of my school. He punched me in the face because he thought I made a pass at him. Uh, <laughs> what, like like in a gay way? Yes. Right, okay. Yeah, I thought I made a pass at him in a gay way. Since the school couldn't tell who the aggressor was, you know, the guy who had a fucking black eye or the guy who had no marks on his face, they put us both in in-school suspension, which was awesome because then we had to just sit there for a week in a close, in a, like a small ass room sitting basically back to back from each other. <laughs> oh, that's shit. Yeah. I, I guess there was a teacher in there to keep, make sure things didn't yeah. get out of hand again. Yeah. But then you're just fucking pissed at each other. And so then we arranged to fight and uh, we fought at this gas station across the street. So uh, my fight was also very classy I had I was a member of the swimming team at the time, so I had my swim team teammates there to back me up, and then we squared up. But I had to take my glasses off because I had a really bad vision at the time, and I, so I took my glasses off so that my glasses didn't get broken, and we squared up, and then he just beat the fucking shit out of me. And then thankfully, one of the guys on the swim team was there to like be like, okay, that's enough, that's enough. And then, like I said, next day, everything totally cool. Was he a known hard kid or was this completely random? So I think that there's like a shit rolls downhill mentality with some people where like he wasn't popular enough to be a popular kid, but he was more popular than I was. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, because there was a hierarchy at school. Yeah. 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 I'd never heard of him fighting before. As far as I know that he only ever got in this one fight but yeah it was weird i don't know still to this day don't know why he did it did you uh so you had a black eye did you have any other injuries no i mean my face was pretty like so the sucker punch i got a black eye from but the actual fight like 
I don't even really remember if I was injured or anything. I know I must have been because my mom like instantly knew that I had something was wrong when I came home. What I mean, how does one even fight? I mean, obviously my one punch, one kill fight wasn't much of a fight, but if you were going to go in, like, what do you do? Do you aim for the face or do you sort of go low, get the ribs? I don't know what's what's the smart move if you're in a fight. I I mean, you always go for the head. Mm, yeah. You want to knock I'll, them I'll the fuck that out. If I ever if I ever have another fight, although I think as reigning champion of my one fight, I shouldn't have another one. <laughs> so now that we've had this wonderfully weird. Uh, <laughs> deviation we've talked for almost 20 minutes about bullshit <laughs> fighting yeah fighting yeah. weather and fighting weather and fighting yeah um <laughs> so this episode not one of my favorites so far i have to say like i quite enjoyed it when i rewatched it but still asked me last night what hey what episode laura it was i'm sorry like, do you mind giving oh. me like one second here oh no no go for it Sorry, my car is in the shop right now, and the shop just called. Jesus fucking Christ. Don't ever use big O tires in over... If you live in Kansas and you're listening to this podcast, do not use big O tires in Overland Park, because they fucking suck dicks. Like, they're horrible. <laughs> Don't use them. I was about to say, how's your car? Clearly not good. No, no. I mean, they're just... They're fucking idiots there, and they fucking piss me <laughs> off, so... I don't even want to talk about it because I'm just going to get upset. <laughs> um, yeah, this. Well, I was saying that I I was talking to Phil last night and he said, what episode is it you're doing tomorrow? And I said it's episode two of, of series two, but I cannot remember off the top of my head what that is. And I like uh, the reason is, is because this episode is a bit nothing. Yeah, that's how I felt too. And it's also maybe because work experience is not something like, it seems like it's a much bigger deal in this episode than it was here in the United States. Like our work experience was me going to my, uh, me and two of my friends going to his dad's like upholstery shop and reupholstering a car. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you about whether or not it's a thing. It's a big thing here, which I'll talk about when we get to the work experience bit. No, I mean, it definitely sounds interesting though. I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. It's a good idea. In, in theory, it's a good idea. In practice, I'm not sure it works so well. All right. Well, let's kick this show off shall we officially mm -hmm. 22 minutes in <laughs> yeah so, so um the first thing we see is the uh the common room and uh will is in his voiceover saying that it would be great wouldn't it be great to know how unpopular you are with the opposite sex compared to your classmates well luckily for us someone invented valentine's day my favorite annual humiliation and the boys are all in a sick form common room um, and Jay is reading from a clutch of Valentine's cards. <laughs> I love some of these Valentine's Day cards that we see from Jay. Roses are red, violets are blue, your dong is massive, I want to blow you. Love from your secret <laughs> slut. <laughs> uh, she's a poet and she doesn't know it. Mm -hmm. um, yet Neil says he didn't get any. He can't believe, he can't believe that Jay's got so many. And Will says it is hard to believe. Yeah, uh, Jay reads out another one. Dear Jay, I've just baked you a finger pie. Why don't you come? And then I like how he has to specify it's spelled C-U-M <laughs> and taste it. And Neil's just, he is like eating this up. He's like, oh, mate, that's so horny. Who do you think it's from? And Simon just says, your dad? And Neil's just like, mm-hmm, yeah, funny. And Will just um, is not believing sorry. any of this. And he just says, no, let me look at these. Yeah, he's skeptical about the handwriting. Um, 
Will reads one out loud. Jay, you massive stud. Please, please baff on my tits from your Valentine's bitch. P.S. and on my face. Um, and Will says it's funny how the cards all seem to be in the same scrawly handwriting. Your secret admirers are either very young or have severe learning difficulties, which I admit is a possibility. Um, and Jay says that the handwriting is just bad because the girls are wanking themselves off while they're writing them i like when neil's like oh that one's my favorite because the way that she remembered the face <laughs> <laughs> yeah bless, uh, bless neil so so naive yeah simon jumps in and just says it's not you writing them with your left hand then and jay just is you know he is doing his jay thing where he's just defending the lie to the very end and he says you lot are just jealous because i got loads and you got none Will says that he did get a card simon says it's from your nan it doesn't count and will says well then i didn't get any <laughs> um simon then says that he actually did get a, a real card and um, he pulls one out of uh, valentine's cards and it is in fact from a real girl it is from hannah fields who is in the year below so if she's in the year below what age range are we talking here 15 or 16 okay because i gotta be honest when we meet hannah later she looks way way fucking younger than 15 or 16 yeah i think it probably would have been more like hannah fields a couple of years like younger than them to be honest by the looks of her she looks more like about 13 or 14 yeah yeah for sure uh neil asked simon to sniff the card to see if she rubbed her fanny on it which was very confusing <laughs> to me until i realized which part of the body the fanny is Oh, yeah, the fanny is the bottom there, I believe. It is not the bottom here. It's yeah. the front bottom. <laughs> the front bottom. <laughs> the front... <laughs> yeah, here it's the back bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Simon sniffed it and he says, no, just a bit of perfume, I think. And Will says, what are you going to do about it? And Simon says, nothing, because he wants to make sure Carly doesn't ever find out about this. Uh, and Jay says, don't worry, I think she's going to be too busy sucking her boyfriend's knob to notice. Another Carly-free episode. Yes, no Carly. Um, Simon tells Jay to shut up, and Jay continues on the Carly having it off with the boyfriend thing and says, all I'm saying is, he'll have his cock right deep in her gob, and then her vag out of vag <laughs> straight back into the gob, and Simon's like, oh yeah, thanks. And Neil then says that that reminds me, and hands Will a Valentine's card and asks if she could he could pass that on to will's mum for him will looks pretty like skeptical about this and he's like are you serious and then he looks at the faces of all the boys and then he's like oh you are and neil's like ah don't tell who it's from though and will says no of course not anything else neil would you like me to ask her out for you and neil god bless his simple heart just says would you and will just looks and says uh let me think about that would i no no, no i fucking wouldn't <laughs> And at this point, Mr. Gilbert enters. And um, yes. I just wanted to go back real quick here. Oh, yes. Okay. I remember the thought that I had. Do you feel like Carly would have been a better character if she had been like Pedge, where we just never see her? Uh, Yes, maybe, actually. That's a good point. Although it would have been really hard to pull off because she's in the school with them. Maybe it could have been, like, if she'd been a family friend who isn't at the same school as them, maybe. That might, yeah, you might be onto something there. Because Carly actually is quite disappointing as a real flesh and blood character. She, the humour comes when she's not there, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, we're, what, eight episodes in. And outside of a small part in the first episode, a small part in the second episode, and then basically the sixth episode she's really like hasn't been in the show at all 
and no, in that's se- true. she's quite absent. Yeah, and in series two, she they show her for like five seconds on the bus. Yes, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, you could be onto something. Like maybe they could have, you know, maybe they could have like uh, had Simon, you know, like she gets on the bus and like Simon's like, "Hey, Carly," but they just never show her. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Actually, I think that might have been more humorous, and I don't really think it's the fault of. Carly comes into her own later, so Carly is she's quite she's quite a useful plot point in the first film, and we sort of see her true colours for the first like first real time in that first film, but in the show itself, I agree that she's never really given the material. I don't think to be a proper character, and it kind of uh, is that thing, isn't it, of that we talked about a little bit with Peep Show in the past of. Uh, Maybe it's because it's going to fail the bestial test here, but women are not fully, <laughs> for obvious reasons, women are not fully fleshed out creatures in the in-betweeners because he's completely from the point of view of teenage boys and the rise of men. And therefore, maybe it's that Carly suffers because there's no female influence in this writing is she, table. It, like in series three, is like she a bigger part in series three or is it just really not until the movies where no, she... No, no, it's not until the... I don't want to give away what happens but it is not until the film where there's any need for her to really be a larger character oh okay all right makes sense mm. i, I yeah. mean that was just that's just something i've been thinking about because you know like we were talking on the us uk episode like carly is largely absent for much of season one despite her being such a you know important character to simon yeah you're right maybe if she was will's love interest and not Simon's perhaps she would be a bigger part maybe because it's told from Will's um, like this is a story told from Will's point of view in the future I guess is like how we can we have to take it because he's got this omniscient narration so maybe if um maybe if he was her love sorry if she was his love interest maybe you'd see more of her yeah yeah good point Mm. all right well just wanted to bring that up yeah um, Mr. Gilbert enters at this point and he says morning and shut up before anyone can even open their mouths. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> he walks around the room, handed out sheets um, that tell everyone where they're going to be for their assigned work experience, tells everyone that they've been finalised and as 99% of you left it to the careers officer, I don't want to hear any whinging about where you've ended up. And Will uh, looks and sees where he is, puts his hand up and says that there's a mistake. This episode has like probably the most mr gilbert stuff in it i think yeah some great mr gilbert stuff yeah there's some great stuff and will says uh sir there seems to be a mistake and mr gilbert's like oh have you chosen chosen to ignore me saying no whinging and will says no sir no sir i'm just it's just it says here i'm going to work at a garage and mr gilbert says yes and will's like come on garage me does that seem likely (laughs) Um, and Mr Gilbert's like what's your point and Will says he wrote to a local paper asked to shut up a journalist there um, and you know that's not what's come up for him so Mr Gilbert has a look on his list and he says uh, I love this line I don't get paid extra for this you know (laughs) which is brilliant one I wheel out myself quite often and he says it says here that Sutherland so Neil is expected at the newspaper case closed and Will says, well, there's clearly been some sort of mix-up. I don't mean to be rude, but look at him. No offence. And Neil says, none taken. I love Neil. I love so Neil. He's like, none taken. <laughs> um, Mr. Gilbert says to Neil, what did you put down as your first choice? And he says, airplane, airplane driver. driver. 
<laughs> Mr. Gilbert says, and that is, and Neil says, someone who drives planes. Mr. Gilbert says, do you mean a pilot? I don't know, do I? Ask Neil. Uh, he said, what was your second choice? Working with cars. And Mr. Gilbert says, right, okay. Have you ever wanted to work at a newspaper? No, sir. Have you ever want, Have you ever read a newspaper? Not really. And he's like, mm, okay, there does seem to have been some sort of mix up. And at this point, Will, in a very patronising tone, says, uh, oh, well, mistakes happen. So should I go to the paper tomorrow? And this completely rubs Mr. Gilbert up the wrong way. I love this. Mr. Gilbert says, no, you go to the garage. It's all booked. <laughs> Will is like, do I make jokes? And Mr. Gilbert says, do I make a lot of jokes? And Will continues, but sir. And Mr. Gilbert says, but I can't change the placements. Will comes with the classic line, says, can't or won't. And Mr. Gilbert says, you pick the same, you pick, it's the same result. Neil raises his hand at this point and Mr. Gilbert calls on him and Neil asks, does this mean I won't be driving any planes? In the corridor in the next scene, Will is raging. He says, this is an absolute fuck up. What kind of experience am I going to get at a garage apart from a depressing working class one? And Neil says, well, at least you get to look at those horny calendars. And Jay's just saying, why do you want to work on a paper anyway? I thought you wanted to go into the family business, which is prostitution, clearly. <laughs> yeah, Will is unimpressed by this, continuing the running joke of Will's mum. Yeah. Uh, Simon says, look, it'll be shit anyway. The clues in the name, work experience. Jay says, oh, well, it won't be shit at my dad's firm, sigh. We'll have a right laugh. When I worked there last summer, I spent every day jumping JCBs over cement mixers. And Will says, well, that's a lie. Jay says that he's also paid a grand at the end of the week. Will says that's another lie. Jay says, well, I had a wink this morning thinking about your mum's tits. Is that a lie? And Will says, I hope so. And Jay says, no, it's not. At this point, <laughs> at this point, Simon like bumps into this boy who looks like he's like about 12. The book says there's seven, but... No, they're in year seven. Two years oh, seven two kids, year so seven. Okay, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so they are in fact twelve. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Simon apologizes to one Danny, and he says, "Sorry, mate." Danny says, "Hey, I'm not your fucking mate." Simon's <laughs> like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." He's touchy, and Jay, of course, can't help himself and says, "Yeah, probably because he's such a short ass." And Danny just like is having none of this shit, and Danny just is like, "What did you say?" Simon says, what? Danny's friend says, ah, he's taking the piss out of you, Danny. And uh, Danny looks at Simon and Janie's like, I'll fucking do you. And Simon just walks away saying, yeah, whatever. And then as they're walking off, Danny calls Simon a wanker. Yeah, um, the, the comedy here comes from the fact that they are very, very short, small little people. But the guy, the Danny guy is really hard. You can tell from... Like, his accent is a bit more estuary than the boys. He's just, yeah, he's, his, he's not to be messed with. His accent was so fucking hard for me to understand. Oh, really? That's what that's what people sound like around, around where I... Uh, that's what... Yeah, that's my, that's my accent. That's much more my accent than the boys' accent. Like, that's an estuary, proper, nasty East London accent that he's talking with there. Yeah, it's... It's funny, now that I've alienated all of our, like, uh, East London uh, listeners. <laughs> um, the boys, though, aren't scared by Danny, even though they should be, because he seems fucking hard. Uh, and um, they... Jay says, Simon says, what's his problem? And Jay says, oh, don't cry, Simon. And Simon's like, oh, yeah, good one, because they're really not bothered. 
Yeah. Uh, at this point, Will sees Charlotte kind of walking around a corner, and Will just is like, oh, I'll catch up to you guys a bit, and he goes running after Charlotte. Jay says, oh, right, run after her. That's not creepy. <laughs> uh, um, Will then, in his voiceover, says that he may not have received any Valentine's Day cards, but he didn't mean he didn't send any, uh, and he is still chasing after Charlotte, trying to get her attention. Yeah, he's calling out to her. He's like, Charlotte, Charlotte. And, you know, she greets him. They they have this nice conversation, and Will is like, oh, did you get any Valentine's cards? And she says, uh, yeah, about 10. And Will's like, holy Christ, 10? Did you get any flowers? And Charlotte gives him this kind of wry smile, and she's like, I think you know I did. It was really sweet, and I was going to see if you're not doing anything, maybe we could hang out Friday, Friday night. And Will's like, uh, I think I'm free. And he kind of does this thing where he's like, mm, let me think here. And he's like, yep, yep, I'm free. <laughs> Charlotte um, says she's going to be working at a bar at this local Valentine's disco. It's under 18, so it's going to be a bit lame. But if you fancied by, you could, but if you fancied popping in, she could, they could keep each other company. And Will is like, oh my God, it's a date. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, it's not a date. It's just two friends hanging out. And he's like, great. See you Friday then. It's a date. And she's like, not a date. <laughs> um, <laughs> we then uh, go to the next scene, which is in a garage. And in Will's voiceover, he says that she said it wasn't a date, but we both knew that it was. Before that, though, I had to make the most of my new pointless shitty manual job. And he sort of goes into the garage. He looks very out of place. Will puts his head around the door of the garage and he's sort of trying to get the attention of the person working on the on the car. And he says that, hello, I'm Will McKenzie. I'm here for my work experience. And that's when we see someone's head pop out of the office there's a little office in the corner and it's the slightly older man who we take to be the boss and he's called jim yeah jim jim looks really nice and he says hello you must be will great to meet you he's being like very polite to will here like i think that that's one of the funny things in this episode is like the commentary between like white collar and blue collar jobs yeah yeah i agree with you i i thought that was pretty funny but, you know, Jim is being very polite. He introduces Will to everybody. You know, he says, this is Steve. This is Wolfie. Um, Will greets Wolf. Wolfie as Wolf. And Wolfie corrects him and says, Wolfie. And Will <laughs> says, Wolfie, right, gotcha. Uh, Jim just warns him, hey, you're going to have a right old laugh here as long as you don't mind a bit of the blue talk. You're not a poof, are you? And Will is like, uh, no. And Jim, you know, being very open-minded here, says, oh, it's not a problem if you are. Just a bit harder to join in some of the banter. So is there any part of being a car mechanic that you're especially interested in as it goes? And Will says, nope, none of it. And Jim wants to know, is he more into bikes? And Will says, no, not the media or law. No offense, but I'm never going to work in a place like this. And Jim looks a little appalled, and he's like, a place like this? And Will says, yeah, a place like this, manual, dirty. Not stupid exactly, but not academic by a long chalk. And it's not that I'm better than this. It's just that I am much cleaner than you need to be to work here. And Jim points uh, out that yeah. Steve has got a B-Tech. Yes, uh, a B-Tech being... I'm not sure what a B-Tech stands for. It's, it, a B-Tech anyway is, a, is a, like a, an, a... It's a qualification that you get through, often through like an apprenticeship too. So it's like a practical qualification. Um. And Will only takes this to prove his point. He says, exactly, look, I suspect the mix-up will be sorted today and I'll be gone by tomorrow. And uh, Jim, you know, sort of clearly 
a bit pissed off now by Will's attitude. It's like, oh, okay, but you don't mind helping out today then, like, really heavily sarcastic. But Will doesn't get the sarcasm, and he's like, oh, no, of course not, just this once. And Jim's like, right, I'm going to fuck you up at this point. Like, he clearly thinks he's going to fuck Will up, so he calls him Chumley Warner, which is um is a reference to a, a, a comedy posh character uh, from Harry Enfield's show many moons ago uh, i was gonna ask says, you about that <laughs> yeah and he says first job is then that we need you to pick up some stuff from the suppliers and will open himself up for abuse here gets a little pad out and proceeds to be told that he needs to pick up tartan paint spirit level bubbles uh a reach around a reach around <laughs> and a long wait and will writes these things down and says okay that, no problem off i go yeah, in the military, we had a similar joke where we would send people to get welding sparks. Right, yeah. So they would go to the uh, supply depot and ask for welding sparks, and then the uh, depending on who was at the supply depot, if they knew what was going on, they would ask if they need like positive welding sparks or negative welding sparks. So, yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, I think that this is kind of like just a blue-collar thing where you like fuck with people like this and make him go get shit that doesn't actually exist yeah um will takes a couple of steps towards the door and then stops and turns around and, and realizes what's happened and he's like oh this is a joke isn't it and jim's like oh what are you talking about and will's is like these items are jokes aren't they they don't they don't exist they're not real things and uh will says i know that these uh, initiation ceremonies exist in certain sorts of workplace and don't get me wrong, I enjoy the camaraderie, but you'll have to get up pretty early to fool me. And Jim's like, fair enough, you've caught us out. Uh, too sharp for us. Tell you what, why don't we initiate you with a pint at lunchtime instead? And Will's like, great. And Jim says, we'll go to the Crown because the barmaid there has got a smashing pair of tits. And Will's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> next scene we go to, we're at the newspaper office. And this scene is kind of short and basically... What happens is Neil walks in, he meets the guy that he's going to be job shadowing. The guy wants to know what part of reporting Neil's interested in. And Neil's like, uh, there's nothing I'm really interested in except how long is my lunch hour? And then the <laughs> reporter, Toby, answers, an hour. <laughs> um, we then cut to, the, uh, to Jay's dad's plant high yard where... Will's voiceover tells us that, meanwhile, Jay had arranged some great work experience for Simon, uh, freezing his ass off in a disgusting plant hire yard, and Simon and Jay are lugging massive bags of rubble into a skip, and Simon's like, this is absolutely shit, I don't want to do this as a job. I love that we got to see Mr. Cartwright back again, after a few episodes. Yes, yeah, uh, missed him, uh, and he is as obnoxious as he was last time we saw him in Caravan Club. Uh, they sort of stop to have a breather and he shouts out, Oi, Jay, what have you stopped for? This is meant to be work experience. Not standing around being a useless twat experience. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't need experience in that. You're an expert. <laughs> I, um, what, I don't know if I said this in Caravan Club. I probably didn't because we had only had one episode of Mr. Cartwright. They used Mr. Cartwright just to like perfection. Like he's in, he says some vile shit and then he's just out. And yeah, he doesn't linger over his... Yeah, they don't over overdo Mr. Cartwright. I agree with you. I feel like that this could... He could easily be kind of the kind of character that just gets really overdone. And to the point yeah. where you're just like, okay, this guy's not really funny anymore. But yeah, yeah, they... So far, in two appearances, they have used him to perfection. Yeah. Um, 
do you, so you say that work experience wasn't really it's not really a thing in the American school system. At least I I would like to clarify at least at my school it wasn't. Right. Okay, yeah. Um yeah, it is a, it's a big thing here. So it's something that we do in year 10, which is when we are 15ish and then something that again a lot of schools choose to do in sixth form. I certainly did it in the lower sixth as well. So get two great periods of two week long work experience. Oh wow! So the whole thing is like a week long. Two weeks. Two weeks. Is oh my god! Experience. Yeah. So when I was in year ten, I actually went to a local newspaper because I am Will McKenzie. <laughs> and when I was in year twelve, I went to a primary school. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty standard. They're the sort of standard things you do in work experience. Uh, Phil, I know in year ten, he went to a solicitor's office. And in year 12, he went to a, like, um, like the health and safety department of the local council, rock and roll. Oh. Um, yeah, that, that, they're the sort of things you do, like, yeah, hospitals, they're a common one to shadow. My best friend, she shadowed, like, a geriatric healthcare facility. Uh, what are some other ones that people always do? Hairdressers, you know, anything where you can sort of observe and maybe do a bit yourself, but not put anyone's life in danger and what would i let me think what would 17 year old sean have done i probably would have done work experience with a drug dealer <laughs> like a, a legitimate pharmacy uh, oh sure <laughs> i am um, no, miss mr gilbert is quite right that if you don't choose your own it gets chosen for you so you know, you, you could end up with something you're not really interested in if you... You could have just put your... You could have just thrown your hat into the ring and seen what got pulled out for you. See, I think that's probably what I would have ended up doing because I just didn't care. Yeah. It's it's really hard. When you're 15, like, who knows what they want to do when they're 15? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, while they're at the uh, construction site... After Terry walks in, Neil just kind of saunters up into the crew and they're like, oh, what are you doing here? I thought you were at work experience at the newspaper. And Neil says, oh, they, I have been. They let me go home at lunch. Jay's like, oh, you jammy bastard. And Neil wants to know, what's this I hear about you having a fight with Danny Moore? And Simon just looks confused and he doesn't know who uh, Donnie, excuse me, Danny Moore is. Neil says he's been mouthing off about how he's going to do you in. And Simon's like, who is he? I don't even know who that is. And Neil says, oh, that's the kid that you bumped into and then called a short ass. Uh, we find yeah. out that Danny is Northwood. And uh, Neil seems to be very scared of anybody from Northwood. He says that Danny's brother did time. Yeah, Northwood, I assume, is like a council estate, maybe. Or like, a, yeah, I would assume it's a council estate. It's they, they talk about Northwood. And how he's from a hard family in Northwood, and everyone seems frightened of this. So, yeah, I'm assuming a council estate. Yep. Uh, Simon wants to know, what's this? My dad's bigger than your dad. What are we, 12? And Neil says, I think he's actually is 12. And Jay wants to know, is Simon <laughs> is scared? And Simon says, no, 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 it's, I'm not. Just I'm not going to look cool beating up a kid. And Jay says, and you couldn't. And Simon looks pissed, and he says, yes, I fucking could. Now, can we just leave? I'm not fighting anyone. Yeah, and Jay and Neil start to make, like, chicken noises. Um, and Simon's like, oh, yeah, very mature. Um, mm. 
We then cut to a pub and Will in his voiceover says that compared to Simon, his first day was turning out okay. After a morning of pretending cars were broken and overcharging middle class women, we have bonded over a pint. And Will is walking out of the pub with the mechanics behind him and he's like, oh, thanks for that. That was much more civilised, much more civilised way to welcome me. It's a shame that we won't get to do it again. But as I said, and then before he knows what's happening, he is being like bundled into the boot of a car. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they just like strip his clothes off and then they just throw him into the, whatever you guys call it, the boot of the car. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, what's this? A kidnap? What are you? The Cockney Al-Qaeda? <laughs> 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 and Jim says, don't shit yourself. We're just going for a little drive. Uh, we get to the destination, which is a pond. They take him out of the trunk. Steve and Wolfie look at Will and they say, hello, mate. And uh, they like just wing him right into a pond. And Jim just says, oh, weren't expecting that. Were you, mastermind? We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Will is, he manages to sort of drag himself humiliated and just in his pants out of the pond. Will thinks to him uh, in narration Will says institutionalized bullying wasn't quite the work experience I had in mind but I knew how to deal with bullies. I got my mum to tell the teacher and then we have this very funny bit where uh, we have Polly, we have Neil's dad Kevin and we have Mr. Gilbert and Polly is you know she's appalled about this bullying at the work experience mr gilbert just won't stop laughing about it he just there's like this part where he goes uh would you excuse me just for a second he like gets up and he walks out into the hallway and he just starts laughing like so hard <laughs> to the point where like kevin and polly can both hear him and then he just walks back in and he's like look i don't want it to seem as if i'm passing the buck off but it really is up to their employers I'll ask if they'll consider swapping students, but I can't promise anything. Now, if you'll excuse me, I do have a meeting to attend to. And then Neil's dad is like, I don't know if I want Neil working there. This place sounds scary. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and Polly's like, oh, I think it was just hijinks. And, and Kevin says, what, three dirty men throwing a young naked boy into water? The mind boggles. And Polly just like sort of does a double take and she's like, I never said Will was naked. <laughs> and uh and Will in voiceover says, not quite the outcome he'd hoped for. Neil's dad imagining me naked. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, next scene, we are in Neil's living room, and the whole crew is kind of sitting there, and they're playing video games. Uh, Will says, when uh, it comes to love, they say a gentleman never tells, but unfortunately, I wasn't a gentleman. I was a twat. And Will says, guess who got themselves a date with Charlotte Hinchcliffe? Uh, yeah, and they Jay guesses Mark Donovan. And Will says no, and uh, and that he starts describing the uh, the date, the date and in inverted commas that he's going to have with her on Friday night. Um, and uh, she, he's like, oh, I don't know really what's going on, but for some reason she likes me again at the moment, so I'm going to do everything I can to try and keep it that way. Um, and he explains that it's going to be at this Friday night disco thing for the under eighteens, and. Uh, Neil says maybe they could go as well and Will says like in what world would I want you to come along and Jay says it's not for you it's for us it's going to be funny to watch you fuck it up again Neil says yeah you might cry and Will <laughs> says well thanks for the vote of confidence but you won't want to come along as I'm meeting her at this under 18 night she's working at it'll be very uncool even for us and Neil's like oh sounds alright and Simon yeah, says Simon says at least they'll definitely get in <laughs> Yeah. Will says no 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 no, no. you honestly won't like it and Jay, as this is this is like one of those ideas that one person says something, 
And then everybody else just kind of starts feeding off of it. And Jay's like, oh, we might even get some. And Simon Simon correctly points out that they'll be a bit young. And Jay says, nah, if there's grass on the pitch, you got to play ball. And Simon says, yeah. right. Well, what if there isn't? And Jay says, eh, well, by the time you find out, it'll be too late anyways. <laughs> um, certainly when I was in the sick form, it wouldn't have been that unheard of for boys in the lower six to be going out with girls in the year below like that definitely was a thing but i think as we as you said earlier when we meet hannah she does seem a little bit younger but if they were only in the year below i think it probably would be fine for them to be trying to pull these girls i'm not sure about the sort of age of the girls that we ultimately see yeah i mean my my girlfriend was a year younger than i was yeah i think that's pretty normal yeah that's, that's pretty standard um we then, in the next scene, go back into the garage and Will says in his voiceover that before his date with Charlotte, and it was a date, he had to endure one last day with the savages, although I was pleasantly surprised to find Jim and Wolfie in serious debate. <laughs> and Will walks into the garage to find them having a chat about two different sorts of calendar on the wall. And Jim says, uh, <laughs> you're like this, we're having a discussion. Can you settle this for us? Which titties would you spunk over, the pert little ones or the big and bouncy? Right old handful, plenty to play with. And Will, is like, uh, Will sort of looks in disgust, and he's like, "They both look nice." Uh, this is funny because I feel like this, this is a very stereotypical garage thing where they have the like topless women calendars, and they're just yeah, yeah. I've never seen one in the flesh, but I've I've heard about them. I mean, I think this used to be a thing, but I have this feeling that a lot of like garages are trying to present themselves as like legitimate businesses and don't want topless calendars. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't, like I said, I don't think I've ever seen a, like, a nudie lazy calendar in the flesh. I've seen a nudie man calendar, and it was given to me, like, as a joke, as a Christmas present, but I've never, I've never actually seen a, a live, live lazy one in the flesh. Uh, Jim looks at Will and says, better than anything you'll ever get, mate, and Will, Will says, all right, then, I'd spunk over the big ones, and they aren't better than I'd get, actually, and, uh, Jim and uh, the rest of the crew are like, oh, ooh, we are interested to hear this. Yeah, and um, Jim sort of calls through, and uh, he's like, oh, oi, like, Specky reckons he's that better than this, and Will says he has, and Jim's like, fuck off, you're a virgin, and Wolfie just chimes in, yeah, classic virgin, <laughs> and Will's like, well, that's where you're wrong, I did it last year with a girl I'm seeing tonight, actually, she's fit, and she's older than me, and she goes like a porn star. Yeah, and the guys are all like, oh, really? And Will continues, and he says, yep, and she's got massive teddy titties, and, well, I fucked her hard and all night long. And Jim just says, oh, what are you and this dirty little horn bucket up to this weekend? Then I might come and check her out. And Will says, I'm going to an under-18 disco where she works, so unfortunately, you won't be able to go. But Wolfie has other plans, and Wolfie says... Yeah, he says, he could go, because he's actually only 17. And Will looks appalled, and he says, you're 17? You're 17? <laughs> Wolfie does not look even remotely close to 17. And Wolfie says, yeah, I just look older. I don't know how old the actor uh, who plays Wolfie was, but I would hazard to guess that he's got to be, he had to be 25 at least. Like, he looks much older than 17. So, yeah, someone, he, but easily, easily he is 25, 30 probably here, I reckon. Yeah. Um, Jim says that Wolfie's going to pop by, check out this tart you've been boning then, and Will says, good. And Jim says, maybe Wolfie will pull. Oh, here we go. He was born on December the 12th, 1979, so he was about 28 at this point. 
Yeah, okay, that makes... There you go, yeah. Yep. Um, Will says Wolfie won't pull her because she loves him, and Jim just is like, oh, she loves you? Oh, I think I'm gonna cry. And Will <laughs> corrects himself and says, I mean, she loves to fuck me. <laughs> yeah, and um, Jim's like, yeah, yeah, of course she does. We then cut to uh, a civic hall where Will in voiceover says that, that evening at the civic hall, I hope that Neil would enlighten me about what I'd be up to next week. Admittedly, he'd never enlightened me about anything ever before, but you never know. Yep. And they are, the boys will go into the hall and they are so much taller than everyone else there. Like, they're clearly much older. Will asks, how's the newspaper, Neil? Have they asked you to write anything? Neil says, no, nothing boring like that, but I'm on the internet most of the day. And this afternoon, I smashed up some old desks up in a skip and then they let me go home at four. And Simon's like, are we the oldest ones here? And Will says, possibly. And Simon says, oh, yeah. this is even more shit than I knew it would be. And Will's like, well, I don't even know why you guys came. And Jay says, to get, see you get blown out by Charlotte titties again. And Will <laughs> is just begging them, please do not fuck this up for me. Charlotte actually asked me here, so there's a chance, admittedly a very slim one, that she wants to pull me. And Simon is like, oh, she needs a mechanic to service her car. <laughs> Yeah, um, Jay says he'd service her all night. He'd slide his dipstick in real deep, and Will's like, "Great, thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. I'm gonna go and find Charlotte." And uh, and Jay says it's up to you. At least it looks like there's some tidy minch here. And Will says, "Yeah, it's tidy because there is no hair on it." I'm I'm always amazed at how many different like slang words you guys have for stuff. Yeah, we there are a lot of slang terms for the for the lady parts. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess there's a lot here, too, so it's probably not unique, but yeah, just... But, mi but minge isn't one of them, apparently, no? Nope, I've never heard minge or um, <laughs> clung, clunge, what was it? Clunge, 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 yeah, yeah. clunge, no, clunge if you're posh, clunge, yeah. Yep, never heard that one. No. Uh, Neil, Jay, and Simon are kind of wandering about a bit, and it is very clear that they are older than most of the kids there. As Laura said, um, Neil is like, Oh shit. Hannah Fields is over there. And Neil points to some girls, a couple who's, uh, you know, over to a group of girls. And Jay is like, Oh, isn't that who your Valentine was from? And Simon's like, Oh yeah, shit. Oh, she looks quite fit actually. And Jay's kind of like, Oh, you should go over there and, you know, tell her that you fancy her. Uh, he doesn't even need to do that because she walks over to him and Hannah is like super aggressive here. She's like, did you get my Valentine's card? Do you want a drink? And she pours like a shitload of booze into this cup and Simon is like sipping it and she just grabs the cup from Simon and just like chugs this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, she um, she sort of, like you say, she's quite aggressive. She's a little bit rough. She's a little bit sort of similar to Danny Moore, she's got a bit more of an estuary accent than the than the boys have and she's like she's just a little bit yeah, she you you can tell that she's trying to put on a, an act of being <laughs> older than she is. Um and she um then like sort of pulls she calls Simon Fit, doesn't she? And then she sort of pulls him off into the corner to snog him. Yeah, I love this. He she's like, Oh, you are fit and Simon looks confused and he's like, What I am? And she goes yeah, you know, I've been fancying... I, I used to stare at you at the assembly and she just, like, wraps her arms and she starts 
kissing him and uh hannah's like oh you're so horny tug me and simon's just like uh, how old are you but she doesn't answer and she just keeps like being aggressive on him and will comes back and is like oh shit that didn't take long and jay says well compared to charlotte anything's quick and will says softly softly catchy monkey and neil goes oh, i didn't know you spoke spanish <laughs> <laughs> i was just looking to see how old um how old she is the um she doesn't seem to have been in anything but the in-betweeners but she uh she got married last year so she she clearly you know is she was clearly probably 15 or 16 at this point yeah she just looks young Although I have yeah, this, she doesn't look young. I have this feeling, and maybe you experience this as a teacher, that when you're like 15 and 16, everybody looks this way, but you just think everybody looks older. But then when you're like 35, looking at somebody who's 20 years younger than you, you're like, wow, that person looks really young. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've just found her age. She's 28 now. So she was about, she was about 17 here, but she looks very young. I agree with you that when... I was so when I was 13, 14, I definitely was looking back, I would get hit on by grown men. I, I definitely I had the body of a woman, but when I look at photographs of myself now, I had a child's face and I looked much younger than I thought I did. There's no way you would have thought I was a grown up. Maybe it was just a bunch of pedos. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely there's some wrong ones out there. But when I look back and I think that because I mean I was getting in pubs from quite a young age and I think it must have been that just once girls, I think, as Simon says in the first episode of The Inbetweeners, once girls grow tits, people aren't really looking at your face anymore. So <laughs> it's sort of accepted that if you've got body of a woman, you're a woman. But I definitely had the face of a child until I was, probably actually until I was about 19, probably when my you could tell from my face that I wasn't a kid anymore. I have a picture of me, my friend Andrea, and my friend John from when we were in the military together and where we were all... I was 21, and my friend Andrea and my friend John are 20, and my friend John looks like he's, like, 14. Yeah, boys really, they really look young until they're, until they reach sort of late teens when they suddenly, probably when they can grow a proper beard, and they suddenly get that, like, man face thing going on. Yeah. Uh, Hannah, like, kind of pins Simon up against the wall, and... <laughs> I like this because we get Jay's like running commentary and Jay's like, oh my God, she's going for his cock. And we see Hannah like basically putting her hand inside of Simon's pants and she just starts wanking him off right there. And um, <laughs> Simon has this look of terror on his face and he's like, yeah, right. No, careful. No one's ever touched that before. It might go off. And Hannah's like, oh, good. <laughs> Yeah, Simon then says crikey, which is a great use of crikey. He's like, oh, crikey. And um, Will is like, are they allowed to do that in here? And Jay says, oh, my God, she's going to wank him off. The jammy gets pulled himself an experienced cock handler. <laughs> that line. Says, or someone so that, hugely inexperienced that she thinks this is the best way to pull an older man. That line made me laugh so hard. The the jammy, <laughs> the jammy gets pulled an experienced cock handler. And I wish I could, like, describe... This scene is one of these ones that does not really translate well into audio, but there's cuts where, like, Simon is making, like, this uncomfortable eye contact with them while he's getting pulled off. Like, he looks terrified as she's just going to town on him. Like, the three boys don't know what to do. <laughs> At one point, um, 
at one point, um, uh, <laughs> Jay says, uh, thanks to me, we're watching Simon get wanked off. And Will's like, yes, yes, we really do have a lot to thank you for. And then the scene <laughs> continues on and Jay's like, okay, this is getting a bit weird. And Neil's like, I don't like it when he makes eye contact. And Will says, none of us do. <laughs> then out of nowhere, suddenly, as Simon is getting wanked off, Danny Moore from earlier sort of piles on Simon and he just like comes out of nowhere and he's like, call me short ass now, come on, you fucking cowards. And Simon, before he can react, is on the floor getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, oh my god. This part is so fucking funny. Danny's just like, call me a short ass, will you? And Hannah's like, oh please no, not his face. Neil's like, oh my god, that was brilliant. Simon was like, was it? And Jay's like, fucking hilarious. He totally did you. Simon wants to know if they've chucked him out, and Jay says, "Uh, I doubt it. They're not going to chuck him out for that. That was just a scuffle. And Simon's like, he kicked me in the cock. (laughs) Yeah, I love that Jay's an expert in, like, what constitutes a fight now as well. (laughs) And he's like, oh, it's just a scuffle. Um, And Simon says, what happened to Hannah? And Jay says, I think you blew it when you got knocked out by a 12-year-old. And Simon says, I fucking slipped. And then Neil sort of sees that Danny Moore's talking to some other kids and he's like, oh no, he's talking to loads of the Northwood lads. <laughs> and they look and they see that Danny's like gesturing to them and Neil's like, oh, they don't look 12 to be fair. Fucking Elsa, you muppet, we're so dead. And Will panics immediately. He's like, what do you mean we're dead? That should be the end of it. Simon has taken a beating. A child's honour has been restro- restored. <laughs> <laughs> And Simon's like, I didn't take a beat. And Jay says, yeah, you did. And Neil says, this is Norfolk we're talking about now. It's not the end of it. It's only the start. Um, and they can't decide what they're going to do. So Will decides he's going to go and get Charlotte to try and protect them. I love how Neil's like the only one that continually talks about Northwood. Yeah, he's, clearly he's more scared of Northwood than anyone. Will leaves to go find Charlotte. He finds Charlotte and he's like, oh my God, Charlotte. And she says, oh, all right. Someone's desperate for a Diet Coke. And Will's like, no, look. Simon got attacked by a kid. And Charlotte goes, what, in here? What did he do? Headbutt him in the knee. And Will's like, no, he kicked him in the cock, actually. But listen. <laughs> and Charlotte says, are you going to say, are you going to ask me to protect you from some children? And Will just sheepishly admits, a bit. Um, and just then we see Wolfie appear. Uh, and he sort of appears around the corner. And he's like, oh, is this your bird then? And Will's like, oh, no, no, no. I can't believe what's happening. And... Wolfie says, nice to meet you. You're exactly like Will said you were. And Charlotte takes that as a a compliment initially. And uh, Wolfie then gets his phone out and and, uh, he starts to call someone. And he says, listen, would you mind having a quick word with our boss, Jim, on the old blower? And and Will is just like, please, please don't do this. Um, And he sort of of tries to explain to Charlotte what's going on. But before he can do, Wolfie hands the phone over to charlotte and it is jim on the line yeah will tells her to ignore everything he has to say it's all total bollocks charlotte (laughs) charlotte we hear the conversation solely from charlotte's side but it doesn't really take a rocket scientist to figure out what they're saying she says no no i'm not his girlfriend no 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 we didn't have sex oh he did did he no that didn't happen no i'm not a porn star and she hangs up the phone and she hands it back to wolfie and Will says, Charlotte, listen, I was working in a garage. You don't understand what it's like. And Charlotte just says, how many chances do you think you get to be a dickhead, Will? And Will's like, one more? And she just says, wrong. You're a nasty little virgin. See you later. And she just throws a 
glass of Diet Coke all over him and walks off. Yeah, and Will is like, okay, fair enough. Best of a bad lot then. Deal with what we have. And he turns to Wolfie and he says, you've got to help me. And my mate's out. We're in trouble. And Wolfie's like, no, I can't, mate. Sorry, I'm out. I only popped in to check out your missus. And Will's like, oh, thanks for ruining my life. And um, Will says, I hope you and your ignorant boss get a good laugh out of it. Because I'll tell you he'll be laughing last, me. Because I'm not the one working in a shitty garage doing manual labour for the rest of my life. But Wolfie's absolutely impervious to Will's insults. He's like, all right, see you Monday. And Will says, no, you won't, because I'll be at the paper. That's right. I will be at the local newspaper. And Um, in voiceover, we hear, so my date, yes, date was a disaster, but at least my friends weren't hiding in the toilet. And then we get, Will gets a text from Simon that reads, in toilet, has Charlotte sorted it? (laughs) And in voiceover, Will says, oh, they were, until, uh, says, sorry, and Will says in voiceover, oh, they were, there was only one person who could help us now. And Will makes a call on his mobile. Um, Next scene, we are in the men's room. And basically, Simon, Jay, and Neil are packed in together in a stall. Neil needs to piss. And the two other boys are like, no, no, no. We don't want to see piss coming out of the tip of your cock. (laughs) And Neil offers to sit down. And they're like, "Ugh, okay, fine. Fuck it, whatever. Um. Neil is like trying to piss, but he just can't. And he's like, oh, you lot are putting me off. And there's a knock on the cubicle door. And Simon's like, oh my God, who's that? Neil's is concerned. And he's like, it could be Northwood. And then Simon in this really high pitched voice is like, who is it? And Will's just like, it's obviously me guys. Come on. Yeah. And Will comes into the the cubicle and he says that unfortunately Charlotte has not sorted it, but he's called his mum and she's gonna come and pick us up. And Jay's like, "Oh, this is tragic." And Simon can't believe that he's called his mum. He's like, "Your mum's coming to get us from to rescue us from the toilet of an under eighteen disco because we're being bullied by twelve year olds. No one must ever know about this." And uh, and Jay says, "You should just you should just go outside and take your beating from a child like a man, and we can all leave." And uh, Simon says he would have taken him down there and then if it wasn't for Northwood backing him up. And Jay's like, oh, yeah, of course you would have done. What, are you gonna, what were you going to do? Spunk in his eyes. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and Simon then has a thought and he's like, oh, my God, what if Carly finds out about me and, me and that girl? And yeah. Jay <laughs> correctly points out that probably she still won't go out with him. I, I love this. It, it's not the way that it's not what Jay says. It's the way he says it. And he's like, oh, no, she may still not go out with you. <laughs> Um, and Will then says that his night hasn't exactly been brilliant, but at least next week will be better. Get my teeth into journalism. And Neil then says that actually it was meant to tell you, tell you about that. The paper want me to stay on, so there's no room for you. And Will says, tell me you're joking. And Neil says, no, they said I'm the best work experience they've ever had. <laughs> uh, at this point, we hear a message over um, the intercom that says, this is an urgent message for William McKenzie. Could William McKenzie please make his way to the front entrance as his mother is here to pick him and his friends up? That's William McKenzie, a year 12 at Rudge Park. Please come to the front where your mother is waiting to collect you. And then we just hear all this laughing from outside. The like Everybody is just like, ah! <laughs> at him. Uh, this reminds me of the time that my dad came to pick me up from my job when I was in the sick form. So I was about this age. And I worked in a pizza place and he used to pick me up from around the corner if I was finishing late. And one night, like I'd 
I had come out or it was a bit later than I should have done and I texted him to say sorry like just finishing up pizza business and uh, and he hadn't checked his text because he can't read texts apparently and he came into the shop and was like oh I'm here for my daughter and he was wearing like tracksuit bottoms and an old coat and it was late at night and it was just so humiliating oh <laughs> that's awesome I, I never really had any experiences like that now that I think about it. Yeah, my dad was my dad did a, a few things like that, which were just like, yeah, he's he was the king of, of being an embarrassing dad. He's uh he, he he does it he does it well. He still does it pretty well, but at least I'm not seventeen anymore. It was it was very embarrassing when I was seventeen. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. I, I feel like that there was this point in time where like your parents driving you to school was you know, considered like a cool, you know, cool thing. But then it just, you know, gets to the point where like, you just don't want anything to do with your parents. And I think this is probably the worst. Yeah. I mean, this from Will's point of view is pretty, pretty massively humiliating. Yeah, for sure. Um, we get the closing narration and Will says that it had been a strange week. He hadn't experienced much actual work, but he learned some valuable lessons Never work with children or animals. Don't call your Valentine a porn star. And despite what I previously thought, a girl touching your penis is not always a good thing. <laughs> and yeah, end episode. So where would this go now in your hierarchy of in-betweeners episodes? Uh, I was worried you were going to ask me that because I didn't have my ranking pulled up. So out of eight, I would put this one at... I think. I think this has been my least favorite episode of all of them so far. Okay, interesting. I mean, I, I guess that it is a bit nothingy. Like I said at the beginning, it's not. It's got some. I think it's got some solidly funny moments, like the stuff with the the garage guys is is very funny, and the stuff with Mister Gilbert laughing in the corridor is very good. But that it's just a bit nothing otherwise. Yeah, and I mean, look. We're talking eight episodes here, and I have loved all eight of them. So, I mean, I'm not saying that this is like fucking Quan talking two levels of bad, but <laughs> this is just. Oh, God, yeah, I hated that. Yeah, this has just been my least favorite one. Yeah, yeah, it's just not not lighting any fires quite yet. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was funny. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was generally a good episode. So. Mm -hmm. Um, have you been watching or listening to anything else this week? Oh, man. So I know you don't care about sports, but these like last three days has been kind of a blur of sports for me and for people that live in Kansas City. Our, one of our football players on our local team, uh, a video was released Thursday of him like kicking the shit out of this woman, and so they cut him. So we've been... Oh, he was... That's not nice. Yeah, well, apparently she was calling ethnic, using ethnic slurs against him, and he responded by basically, like, shoving her down and then kicking her. But the problem was, was that this happened back in February. No charges were ever filed. And so it was kind of one of those, like, oh, we're not, you know, no harm, no foul. But then the video came out, and, like, the video told a completely different story than what he said. So then it was like, ah. We're just going to cut you. And the problem is, is in Kansas City, about six years ago, one of the football players on our team 
just absolutely snapped. He killed his girlfriend in front of her mom, and then he drove to the practice facility where the Chiefs were practicing. He called the coach and the general manager, and then they came to talk to him, and then he shot himself in front of the coach and general manager. So our team is kind Jesus. of, yeah, yeah, it was fucked. So our team is kind of sensitive when it comes to like domestic violence issues. And so I think that that's why this story, uh, that I think that that's why they decided to just cut him from the team. But it's just, it's been like dealing with uh, all of this has been a crazy few days. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. So I haven't, to answer a uh, long answer to a short question. Uh, no, I haven't really been watching much outside of um, uh, Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what about you? Have you been watching, listening to anything? So I'm really cross. I'm cross with you because you because when we started talking about American comedy versus British comedy, for, to be fair, I started watching The American Office, didn't I? And I'm really enjoying it now. So we've broken through on... We've gone... We watched the first sort of four as a kind of like, oh, I should watch this just to see, see if I can form an opinion. And then we watched another sort of four or five one night when we were eating. And then now we're absolutely up to our knees in the second series and I'm really enjoying it and I hate myself for it. I hate myself for liking it. Um, I'm Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's quite a different beast to the British office and completely, like I feel like almost it should be a, called something else because it's not in any way related to the office at this point like it's gone so far off somewhere else but that's fine um and i'm really enjoying it and i can see why it ran for such a long time it's not it's not the most genius thing that was ever written by any stretch but it's making me laugh and it's sort of heartwarming and i'm quite liking that <laughs> so why are you cross at me then well because because it was talking to you about american comedy that made me think oh i'll watch this to be fair fair-handed oh um, okay i've only got... ever seen and because you're american um but because i've only ever seen the first sort of three episodes which were very much just like following the british episodes sort of almost scene for scene i had never watched any more than that because it made me cross but having broken through to now where it's actually starting to be its own thing yeah i'm liking it and it's i'm not happy about it but it is it's quite nice i'm quite quite enjoying it and i'm glad there's eight seasons of it i can it's sort of it's sort of comforting it's a bit like comfort food like it's not you know it's not fine cuisine but it's enjoyable (laughs) yeah that's one of those shows i've never watched before yeah it's it's all right it's not too bad which is i hate myself for saying that which makes me think if i can enjoy the american office like there's no hope for me i'm totally 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 done for yeah yeah, but hey, it didn't. It didn't go on for eight years for nothing, did it? It must have. It must have had its its fans. So, it's um. Yeah, I've been. I have been quite enjoying that. But other than that, no, not really. Um, there's been. There's not not really been anything on. Um, and I've not really. Yeah, I've not really caught up with anything that I meant to. I've got a few things that I'm like, oh, that looks good. I'll watch that. I haven't actually done that yet. So, um, last time we talked, I feel like that I may have talked about this already. If I did, sorry. But there's a podcast called Helen Back that I've been listening to that's been pretty good. You did mention it, I think, but I'm not sure if you went into any detail. It's a murder mystery podcast, and it's about a murder investigation in a small town in Arkansas. And uh, it's been pretty good. I've really enjoyed it. I think you did mention it. I think um, 
yeah, I think you, you mentioned it and I said that's ended up my alley. Is it a new one or is it something you've just discovered? It is relatively new. I think there's eight episodes out right now. Six episodes, something like that. Right, yeah. But the production value's really high on it. It's really good. I've been I've genu generally enjoyed it. Um they are taking a week off because the in real time investigation is slowing down, so they I don't know if they're just had needed to take a week off or something, but they just released right. a statement saying no new information has happened in the last week, so thus there's no need for a new episode of the podcast. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check that out then. That sounds uh, sounds like something I would enjoy, definitely. Yeah, I think it's pretty damn good. Mm. Uh, so yeah. So anyways, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, me too. And uh, I understand you've got a to work, so... Yeah, yeah, I've, I'm kind of... Uh, I've So just... Uh, yeah, it's been interesting. I didn't know if we were actually going to record this episode today or not. <laughs> no, no, my internet was down. So we've, because uh, of a storm, but we made it. We got there. Yeah, yeah, for sure, luckily. Although it was weird because I was, uh, I was like, I would like sleep and then I would wake up and I would check my messages from you to see if your, um, your internet was back up, so... <laughs> is interesting so interrupted night's sleep yeah all right guys well thank you so much for giving this episode a listen thank you to all the new uh patreon subscribers thank you so much we've had like several more of you and that's awesome thank you really appreciate it it's great is the money now rolling in are we going to be able to give up our jobs oh uh yeah yeah we're getting there we're getting there <laughs> So, uh, just in time for Christmas. How 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 convenient! Oh, I know it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. We can uh, we'll split it evenly, and we'll be able to buy. We'll split the tens of dollars evenly between us. <laughs> yeah, we'll be able to buy a whole McDonald's extra value meal each. Oh, uh, we can. Well, you could buy several with 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 it, but you know. I don't know. Oh, cool. I don't know. I don't know how many tens of dollars. What the conversion rate into pounds is like? Tons of pounds. <laughs> Probably better here now than it's going to be after Brexit. So if you could, if you could wire me my tens of dollars before Brexit, because <laughs> it'll be worth. It'll be in the cold, stony future of Brexit. I won't be able to buy a loaf of bread with it. So that's. <laughs> uh, can do. Can do. We'll do that for you. Uh, so okay. has the has any of like our glorious leaders stuff in. Uh, Argentina during the G20 has any of that made news over there? It probably has, but you know what? I've not been take, paying attention. But if, if, if it has, what's he been doing now? Uh, just, uh, just generally being a weirdo. That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds that sounds standard. I actually joined a Facebook group uh, this week called something. It's called something like the Americans are doing it again, and uh, <laughs> that's keeping that's keeping me up to date on on Trump's. Uh, Trump's failing, so yeah, I'll have to go and check there. But no, I've not actually heard of him anything ridiculous lately. All right. Well, we will uh, we will be back next week with Will's birthday. Have a great day. Cool. See you later. Bye. Bye.